feel like everyone's kind of an artist in their own unique ways, but the people that really like pursue the the art itself, there's something just really like if I didn't pursue the artistic endeavors that I I have in my life, I I would definitely be a much different person probably. Welcome to the Flying Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to the discussion and inspiration of art and the creative process. I'm your host, Irina, and today's episode is the first part of a two-part conversation with photographer Nico Evermore. Nico is a photographer based in Texas who creates foggy atmospheric scenes. Shooting a wide range of subject matters, such as buildings, people, and places, his work aims to question the visual language of photography, how narrative and imagery intersect. Okay, so let's start where I start with everybody, which is tell us a bit about yourself and how you became a photographer. Well, first off, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for putting this together. Um, let's see. So uh, let's say um, I've always kind of had a knack for photography, but um, I took a class in senior year, a photo J class, photojournalism, and um, kind of learned the ins and outs of a, you know, just a DSLR and I was really into it. Um, really liked doing like long exposures. I thought that was super cool how you could freeze time, especially like water and stuff like that. So had a really good time with that. And then uh, kind of just did photography for fun after I graduated high school, just a, a little bit here and there. And then I got um, an opportunity to go move to Hawaii and kind of do a whole different kind of lifestyle out there. And my folks bought me a camera to take out there because, you know, you're in Hawaii, you can't really take take a bad photo in Hawaii so that kind of got me like re um re-interested in it as something that I can do like as a hobby because um living in Hawaii I had to sacrifice a lot of other hobbies I had like playing video games and uh doing music and stuff just the, the lifestyle I was living out there um didn't really cater to a lot of free time for those activities so Photography was kind of uh, my new outlet that I was embracing. And yeah, just had a super great time with that. Uh, towards the end of my time in Hawaii, I started getting into shooting like uh, portraits and had friends that wanted some headshots or just like, you know, cool, you know, like island vibe kind of atmospheric lifestyle shots. And, and then uh, I moved all over the place and uh took on all kinds of different landscapes lived in the uh the southwest uh the american southwest so got a lot of desert you know action there and uh lived in new york city um again just less playground of possibilities in new york city and uh let's see where else did i live (laughs) it's hard to track these days but uh oh yeah and then um I went back to Hawaii and by then I was a pretty seasoned photographer. So it was nice to just kind of be back that element. And uh, I really started taking uh, photography a little more seriously at that point. So I wasn't, wasn't charging money or anything, but was starting to, to approach it into like a, like a business aspect. Like how can I, how can I capitalize on this in the future and, and possibly make this like a, like a side job? You know, I wasn't even close to being like, in the in the headspace of like this is going to be my full-time job because um I was still figuring out other interests that I was having and careers and all that you know real world pressure but it was starting to be like I I could definitely uh, make some make some business out of this someday so but it wasn't until I moved to Portland Oregon that I um really started uh taking things a lot of 
a lot more seriously. Um, I upgraded my camera and, uh, you know, got all the, the light rooms and the Photoshops and stuff downloaded and started just playing around with some of that stuff. Don't really use Photoshop. Like I've told you before, I'm not a big yeah. fan of it, Much uh, too much work for me. <laughs> um, but I like Lightroom a lot. And uh, yeah, just uh, Portland has a really cool landscape, like a lot of old Victorian houses and just kind of like a, I like this 80s, 90s aesthetic to it that really like calls to me. And so uh, that started taking off uh, really well, um, got into the music scene out there, started to in uh, photography at like nightclubs and stuff, taking pictures of performers and and music producers djs just the party scene it was a lot of fun and in that i I was able to network and meet all kinds of cool people that had cool talents to i could photograph or take videos of you know like fire spinners and and just cool like uh dance routines and and just modeling in general and i also uh got into doing some self-portrait stuff uh, playing around with that being in front of the camera as well as being behind learning both ends of it and it was pretty uh it's pretty nice so that's kind of gotten to me where I'm at today uh, I now live in Texas right now and uh don't do a lot of photography out here right now because I'm busy just working all the time but I'm sitting on a lot of photos from all of my travels and I'm just going through all of them and getting them organized and edited and just, you know, having fun with it. You know, it's, that's insane. Like you've lived in so many different places and you're not even, it's not like you have like decades and decades and decades of history behind you. You know, that's pretty insane. I think that's pretty, like as somebody who's literally lived in the same place my entire life, that's insane. But also that's also interesting because your portfolio is so diverse. You've got so many different kind of shots and different kind of landscapes and environments and people and places. And you have so many different stories to tell as well, which is actually really interesting about your work. Like you could create a really interesting photo book tomorrow just from based off what you've already got, just with the stories you can tell. And it kind of makes me actually really think about like, do you consider your work to be more like documentarian or more as like artistic? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's a bit of both. Like I feel like taking that photojournalism class in high school really like um, kind of like solidified the importance of not only taking a picture but having like a story to tell with it and and have it emulate a story in a way. And so I got really into like creating like photography with intention and with purpose. Like I want people to feel something. I want people to like uh, have it remind them of something or even just you know, if it's original enough looking, you know, like remind them like, oh, that's a that's a Nico Evermore shot. Like, that's super cool, you know. So but I also like the artistic approach with it, too. Not every not every uh, day I'm just going out and, and capturing my uh, like what I'm visioning. I just kind of whip out my phone and takes a picture of something that catches my eye. So there's definitely that artistic approach to it as well, where I don't really like care too much about the story i just this shot looks super cool i'm gonna take a picture of it and then i can create a story off of it based based on that even you know or just have it remind me of something that uh, influences me so yeah i like uh i like photography with intention but i also like the um uh what's the word i'm looking for here um the spontaneity of it as well that's the word <laughs> yeah because i was gonna ask you as a question much later on but i'll ask you now because as we both know, things never go to plan in terms of structures. <laughs> I'm telling you what I'm speaking. Um, but 
do you think that the meaning for an image becomes wait wait i said that wrong so do you think that the meaning of an image comes before or after you've created it i'd say for me it's after like i can take a real good picture in the moment and i can click it on my camera and be like oh man that is so awesome that came out so tight but after i like get done with some editing and i like to my editing style is very like uh, surreal and and kind of um uh whimsical and mystical kind of so um after the edit i'm really just like dang this is sick you know like i made the scene that i already thought was super cool and turned it into something like completely different or just enhanced it more or just made it kind of represent or reflect kind of how i imagine the scene so yeah i would say i would say it's more of an afterthought for me um especially since i am somebody that's really keen on editing so mystical is actually the perfect word to describe your work. That's actually a great way to describe your work. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what it is. And actually, that's really interesting because I had a conversation with um, Keaton Beams. I don't know if you know him. He's now Odysseus Photo. Um, oh, really tight with him nowadays. We've oh, been uh, perfect. chatting in the DMs and we're planning oh. to collaborate when I get back up to that's Portland. That's insane. Like, that's, like, honestly, why do I not live in Portland? That's what I don't know. Um, honestly, I actually spoke to... Uh, Michael Hitchens the other day and I was like maybe I should just come on holiday and jump over and get on a plane maybe that would happen because he was like you know we can all meet up and I was like that'd be so cool um, it'd be cool it would be no time soon but it'll be cool but it's something actually I might make that like one of my life's missions that'd be cool um, but I was talking to Keaton and we were talking about the idea of editing um, and he was saying like with him he prefers like his first his, his image he captures isn't really what he's interested in it's more what he can do with the image and editing and i kind of feel like what are your thoughts actually on this is completely out of order but that's fine like what is your like what are your thoughts on editing images and kind of like does that kind of affect the veracity of the image i feel like for me somebody like myself that really like i said is keen on creating a lot of surrealism environments i think it's awesome especially if you're using digital photography and whatnot like I utilize the tools I have, like I dabble in film as well and like a Polaroid um, a lot. And you can't beat like the natural like colors and, and, and even the experiment you can do with film, how you can like soak them in water or certain like um, solutions to get different effects and colors. Like it's super unique. And I feel like, I feel like um, the modern like editing is like kind of, the equivalent of that back in the day like expired film and stuff like that so you'll take a shot into Lightroom and kind of edit it how you would imagine it to look if it were like um, something you were experimenting with it's kind of like a like a you know chemical reaction you know like from old film but you're doing it digitally I think it's awesome Um, I of course uh, I'll definitely throw up pictures um, pretty regularly on um, on my socials that are unedited that just you know look good already like they are don't really need to do any editing maybe i'll just adjust the orientation or something on it make sure it's straight (laughs) but i personally prefer like editing edited photos because i just think it like i've already seen so much in my life because i've traveled a lot i mean there's plenty of places i haven't seen but i kind of get the gist of like what a blue sky looks like what a blue ocean looks like you know, what a green, you know, forest looks like, but if somebody can like take those colors and enhance them in a different way, it creates a whole new kind of experience for the, uh, for the viewer. And I'm really into that. Yeah. Cause one thing I really love to ask any artists I meet, because I'm super interested in 
kind of art itself but it's like the idea of reality in art and especially like photographic reality like do you consider your work to be its own reality or is it meant to mimic the reality we live in it's tricky i mean most of my work i would say is meant to kind of reflect more of like a the other side in a sense um i tend to edit things uh, a little more atmospheric and moody and and you know mystical like i was saying so it can be reality for the person based off of how they're feeling in the moment but i do understand too like how you know i do manipulate colors to to really like go way off on the on the natural scale and it can be you know it's not everyone's vibe you know but people that i'm trying to attract into my community and whatnot like i'm i'm pretty at peace with how i edit and um as i get more and more involved in it i actually see myself um editing a little bit less so it's kind of like i've found a style that i like and i can kind of dial it back a little bit um yeah i I like to desaturate a lot more. I used to be really into heavily saturating my pictures to to give it more of a pop, but nowadays I'm finding a lot more calmness and like like not as strong of colors and not as strong as uh, of edits. Um, it's just making me feel. It's kind of like bridging that gap between that that fantasy realm and that reality. So I'm trying to find a nice like middle ground where it still gives that effect that I and that that mood and that style that I have but also it's not too like over processed you know so talking about style actually like how would you describe your style and do you think having a style is important yeah I would say my style uh, especially of, of lately uh, I would say moving to Portland really helped influence this a lot too um, I do a lot of moody kind of atmospheric cinematic and surreal kind of uh, landscapes or kind of liminal spaces or like minimalism something like kind of just you know like a shoe hanging off a power line in the sky yes. oh it's kind of it reminds you of something it gives you like a 90s or 80s kind of nostalgic feel you know so i think having a style is super important if you're trying to um, build a community and a business because obviously you want to be in community with people who have a similar um interests of you in in the realm of photography you know I wouldn't want to I personally wouldn't want to go in on like a photography business with somebody who does like food because I don't do a lot of food now I would totally do that nonetheless I love all forms of photography but like it wouldn't be my first choice you know yeah so if like if you were hitting me up to do a photography business I'd be much more inclined to do that with you because you like to create you know a like um you know landscapes and travel and kind of like um you know the moody kind of feeling and whatnot and you also live in an environment that's really similar to to you know portland in particular where it's like gloomy out a lot and kind of- <laughs> the great skies of england yeah you know <laughs> absolutely like it like it's actually sunny outside surprisingly like that's funny like but yeah no you're right and you also you have to be kind of and actually actually so i don't know if i put this on the list but like no, you said that it makes you think about like, the idea of collaboration and the idea of working with other people like do would you like to collaborate with other people and or other other people you'd like to collaborate with absolutely i've got a whole bunch of people that i would love to collaborate with and then uh even people that uh i've been pretty close with that we're talking about meeting up in the future and creating some cool stuff i have some really cool um artists in la that would love to collaborate and then you know artists in new york artists in back in portland like 
when I move back to Portland, I've got just so many people that want to just like hang out. And that just feels really like encouraging to go back there. Cause uh, I feel a little, um, I'm in a drought out here, man. I haven't really met anybody that really wants to do photos and, uh, that are really into it. And, um, out here in Texas, everybody just works all the time anyway. So it's hard to get people to like commit to, to plans, but yeah, I, I'm super down for collaboration. Um, I've had a few people hit me up before for collaborations and, uh, uh, I've made it work in some instances and other instances, I'll just be like, eh, I think our styles are a little conflicting. I don't think the, uh, the representation would be very authentic to who I am. So, you know, I've definitely turned down some as well, but I'm super open-minded to it. And, you know, like true happiness for me and true success in an industry, you know, the, especially the photography industry is like sharing with others and creating with others. And that's what I'm really passionate about. So yeah, I'm definitely into collaboration. <laughs> yes, that's, a, that's actually a perfect segue into my next kind of question or, or kind of topic or kind of comment, I guess, which is the idea of community. Because obviously, you know, community is very big for you. Um, it's a very important part of what you do. Um, but like, I just wanted to ask you, like, do you feel like you're a part of a bigger art community? Uh, yes and no. Um, yes, because I, like I said, I have really great connections on, uh, well, Instagram specifically. The no part comes in because I don't really have any other social outlet or yeah or like website or anything yet so I'm kind of basing a lot of you know like this topic specifically off of like what I've built on Instagram over the past like 10 years or so so um but just just in one social media app alone and I'm still a pretty small artist um I've got some awesome connections like just such cool people that I can drop in with pretty regularly not even just talk about art, just, you know, catch up and like friends, you know, like just yeah. friends I've met before, but like would love to meet in person and, and plan to, you know, so, so yeah. Um, and then on top of that, as I like hone more in on my style and stuff, I feel like that um, kind of gives me entry into a whole nother like community of, of maybe like the larger photographers and creators of that community that, um, you know, can't see everybody, you know, that likes and comments on their photos every day because they just have so much engagement and, and so many followers. It's it's really easy to miss. But as you get more, you know, as you rank up more in the echelon of it, you know, you attract more, more people and you make yourself more known and more people know you and the networking gets more, you know, like this, the, the web effects where, you know, you just create this whole little network of, of people. And I like to try to take advantage of that anytime I can. And I'm always down to meet new people and continue to collaborate and, and, uh, you know, just have really cool and wholesome conversations. So how do you keep up with so many people and how do you kind of keep the connection so that you're, you're being authentic? Yeah. Um, I would say a lot of it's like, uh, well, since I communicate mainly through Instagram, I would say a lot of it's like Instagram stories. Like if somebody posts a story, I'll like it, or I'll just like send them a quick message and that'll kind of open up a conversation and we'll just kind of talk about stuff. And some of that's even, like I said, led into really cool friendships with people that I have now. And, uh, or, you know, I'll just, you know, start engaging with an account that I really like. And, you know, one of the, you know, just randomly one day, I'll just see something that really like moves me of that they've created. And I'm just like, I'm going to message this person right now and just tell them like how, awesome their like work has influenced me or like how it makes me feel and 
then once again, it kind of opens up a whole new, like, um, a whole new relationship kind of, you know? Yeah. Because one thing that I'm actually really conscious of at the minute, actually, is kind of being authentic online and kind of, you know, because as you can imagine, like yourself, I keep up with a lot of people all the time. Um, or at this point in time, not keeping up with anybody very well, but, um, I always try and feel like I don't want to just message people and speak to people just to speak to people. I want to kind of have an impact. I want to say something that's going to help them, but I want to kind of, I don't know, like leave a good impression if that makes sense. Um, and I'm just, I'm just curious, like how somebody who's issued yourself would also do that in terms of keeping up with people. Cause I feel like sometimes with social media and this is definitely getting ahead. So I'll rein it back in a minute, but the thing with social media is that it can be very shallow. Like the idea of liking and commenting, like it's very shallow. It's just like surface level as opposed to having deeper connections. And, and do you think that it's easy to foster deep connections with social media? It's not easy at all. <laughs> I mean, if, uh, I have been ghosted more times than I have had success. Oh, that's not good. But sometimes I stay really adamant with it and I'll just keep like, I'll keep like trying to just, you know, stay authentic. And I really only send messages when I mean them, you know, to people yeah. like, so I don't just message a person nonstop until they notice me, you know, I'll just be like, yeah. Hey, this is photo this is how it made me feel. Have a good day, man. You know, or, or ma'am, you know, it, you know, um, and uh yeah and i kind of it's an intuitive thing you know if the person just like kind of likes the message and then moves on like i know like okay this is somebody that's not really like wanting to converse right now maybe they'll converse another time but and that's happened before like you kind of have to kind of like making friends you know or or getting into like a social click you know and like like in high school or whatever you kind of have to like introduce yourself and make yourself kind of like um available you know and, and not take it personal if like they're they they need to warm up to, to you because especially in today's world like people are getting a lot more like impatient and the social game is so weird with all the covid stuff that's happened over the past you know two three years now and it, it's a lot harder i mean even even connections that are personal to me not not instagram related just like people that are like really tight with me it's so hard to get people to like to commit to like uh like conversing and stuff like i have to make schedules you know with people oh, yeah. like call them and can't just pick up the phone and anymore and call people like people got jobs you know they're trying to raise kids uh they're out doing their thing you know like so i uh, i have a lot of respect for that and i try not to take things too personally if um i don't get a response um sometimes no response is still a response you know <laughs> that's true that's true and not just that you're right you have to bide your time you have to and also yeah no, that's actually a really good kind of point because it's like sometimes you're just not meant to have that conversation at that point in time you know right you can't, you can't i think you can't force natural conversation like yeah there's one thing that i've learned is that you know also i also i will get off the topic in a second because i just realized we're rambling on this so much but um but um, you also have to, you also have to apply yourself. That's also the thing. Because I feel like the problem is to me, or at least the problem I, well, wait, actually, what, forget about it. Let's got this. We're not going to go there. Um, otherwise, <laughs> I'll ramble for ages about something that's not even important. Right. Okay. Moving very swiftly on. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> um, so do you think that, getting, kind of getting back to you and your work, I guess, um, which would be a clever idea. That's what we're here for. Um would be like so do you think that being an artist gives you a different perspective on the world absolutely uh 
I feel like everyone's kind of an artist in their own unique ways, but the people that really like pursue the the art itself, like you know, you have different types of people in the world. You know, you it, referencing to like just typical high school cliches again. You got the jocks, you got the nerds, you got the artsy people, and you got the other people, and so on and so forth. There's something just really like if I didn't pursue the artistic endeavors that I I have in my life I I would definitely be a much different person probably um in so many different ways I feel like me being a really artsy person because you know aside from photo and video I do music um, I do theater and uh I dabble in all kinds of just different creative projects you know I'm really crafty I like to make all kinds of like crafts and I like to go out in nature and like take it all in, you know, from an artistic perspective and a spiritual perspective, you know, I'm really like bohemian in a way and kind of artsy. So I feel like that's um, allowed me to kind of see the world the way that I see it, you know, Um, it's very exciting. But unfortunately, it's also very depressing because art is, art is great, but it's also very sad at the same time. Like there's so many different, um, spectrum of emotions that art can convey. So I feel like it makes me hypersensitive to it. You know, like if I was some, if I was some like, you know, athlete or something per se, and I was like making, you know, great money and I had great health and I was like, you know, sponsored and everything, I wouldn't see, I probably wouldn't see so much of what I see currently because, my mind is so focused on all that stuff and that it's like a whole nother world for me in a, in a way, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just, it's so different than the world that I see now because of the endeavors that I've like pursued, you know, um, especially with photography, like photography is literally just like what you see frozen on a, on a picture, you know? And so it's, it's very like, it can be very impulsive, like what you see in the moment and not everything in the moment is like super great. Sometimes it's destructive, you know, it could be a storm rolling in or it could be, a um, a, you know, a, a, a racism march. I've, I've definitely attended to those and there's like emotions being evoked and, um, but there's also a lot of beautiful things, sunsets and and wildlife and its natural habitat, you know, and, and just being able to have an artistic view of all of that has brought a lot of like peace to me. I feel like that's so cool. My next question for you is what is the biggest challenge of being a photographer? A lot of it's like kind of interpersonal. Like if I'm not, if I'm going through my own like sort of mental obstacles, it really can restrict me from being able to be present in my photography. So I usually would just won't go out. Um, I've had a few instances before where I've been like that. I've just been kind of off my A game and I'll go out and shoot anyway. And then like, I'll just be a little disappointed with like my, uh, my outcome with it. And so I've kind of built up this like kind of stigma that like, if I'm not feeling it, I'm not going to go out and do it. But at the same time, like sometimes the going out and doing it when you're not feeling it can kind of wash away that, that I guess those yeah. heavy obstacles that you might be feeling. So trying to get back into that kind of headspace, it's kind of a, a learning lesson right now. Um, Cause I'm definitely somebody that's created a lot 
when I'm, I'm sad or depressed. Um, that's why a lot of my shots are, I guess, moody and stuff because they're kind of evoking that kind of vibe. But I also know that like I can create amazing work when I'm not sad or depressed because, you know, if you scroll down on my Instagram, you can see all the bright, punchy, amazing pictures of me in Hawaii. So I'm trying to, to level out my own, you know, mental game so I don't have to like compromise like my outlet or like what I'm passionate about. So I would say that's a huge uh, difficulty with um, photography for me is just like getting my head, getting out of my head and getting in my body and going out, taking pictures. Uh, the environment too right now, um, I currently live in, in Dallas, Texas, and it is just hotter than holy hell outside. And it, there's no way, there is no physical way that I'm going outside to take pictures in 102 degrees. Like it's just, so that's kind of putting a damper on me. And when I'm not, if I'm not outside, I'm kind of in my apartment and there's not really a lot to take pictures of in my apartment. So I've just kind of put it down for a minute. So I guess like, um, I guess just the times right now, just like, working because I have to make my rent and rent's very expensive. So I have to keep working and I don't really get to put a lot of time into my photography. That's, that's kind of be, becoming a struggle at the moment, but at the same time, it's not too, it's not too bad. Like if that's my, if that's like one of my main struggles, like I can overcome that. I would say another struggle I have is just getting people to commit. I'm kind of in this, like kind of on this threshold of like, not quite being professional yet, but not really like a, like a, a beginner anymore. And I'm having a hard time getting people to commit because I, I'm personally still a little nervous about charging like what I'm worth because yeah. I want to, you know, make sure that I can deliver. And I'm, I'm using, I have excuses as to why I don't charge like what I feel like I'm worth or like what somebody with my skill level would be charging on average. Um, you know, excuses like uh, I have an old iPad and I can't edit quick photos as quickly as I'd like to. And the fact that I'm editing on an iPad to begin with. <laughs> yeah, so that is, yeah, that is a skill. Um, yeah. I don't have a website yet. Um, I don't have business cards. Like there's just some of those like, um, visual factors and and technological factors that kind of keep me from being able to to really be like yeah I'm going to be charging you know this amount and so that can kind of leave people at least certain clients of mine like like the inability to commit because they might not take me as seriously yet cuz you know I'm still just kind of like this this learning photographer I guess but I'm also like good you know but I'm not like I'm not presenting myself as much of a business as I could. So getting people to commit, it, it's pretty hard. I'm finding that I need to be a little more firm and like, maybe like, you know, accepting a deposit before, um, oh, yeah, definitely. before I do a shoot. So I can ensure that my time isn't wasted and, uh, hopefully, you know, they, you know, will show up since they already put a you know payment into it. So, kind of looking at it from that perspective, that's been kind of tough though, because I, I'm such a people pleaser and um, I mostly create with people that I'm really like close with. So, I mean, every once in a while I'll get, you know, just strangers through or, or just like word of mouth, you know, stuff and, and, you know, I can charge whatever, 
but um most of the time i'm working with friends and stuff and you know everyone's struggling financially so i try not to make it a big deal if like somebody doesn't have what i'm asking for for the shoot but i'm also trying to be a lot more firm and like demanding what i i kind of deserve you know especially if it's something that's going to take you know more than two hours you know like yeah knowing your value knowing your worth yeah yeah yeah. so that's a huge struggle for me right now because like i said i'm in this threshold period and i i'm i'm kind of just like methodically planning my photography to into that more business realm you know i'm getting you know um getting all my photos organized i can throw them up on a website getting a business card you know getting business cards and uh just branching out more, making myself more um, available as like a professional rather than just like, Hey, you want to come over and let's take pictures. It's like, Hey, do you need like headshots for your job? Or do, um, do you know any businesses that you collaborate with or that you know in your area or have friends that work for that need, you know, to commission me for anything? Like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely becoming more like business oriented with it. Um, but, I mean, not too, too far gone. I mean, I still love it, you know, as like the art itself, but I'm starting to think more about it as like a business and how I can utilize my time. Yeah. You need to think, you need to take some time and think like, what services are you offering? Like, what do you have that other people want as opposed to just being like, yeah, I take images because everybody takes images. Not everybody offers a service. And I think that's kind of the distinction that we have definitely lost. I think in modern society where everybody has a camera phone and anyone can take an image, like there, in my personal opinion, there's a difference between an image taker and an image maker. And I think the oh. image makers are the people who actually have a business and or who are quote unquote photographers. Everybody else kind of follows the whole image taking because anyone can take an image, anyone can snap an image. Um, that's yeah. just my opinion. No, but- I, I really a really great like um, uh, analogy or just kind of like, um, perspective of it because yeah i would say like i'm in that threshold of being an image taker but trying to to head more into the to the maker part of it definitely i'm getting more that vibe of like you know um, and then on top of that like you know i do work a lot um i can't do this all the time so when i do have free time i want to make sure like i'm getting the most value out of it even if there's no money involved like um, I think more about how I can like plan it out, you know, like, okay, this is the theme that we're going for. Here's some, uh, I'll make a little mood board of, you know, kind of what the, what we're going for if I'm shooting with people, or I'll just do a little bit of research on the location I want to go to. Uh, so I can take pictures that I enjoy or just, you know, shots that I want to get. And so it's cool. I, I think about it a little bit more from multiple uh, directions rather than just like, you know, oh, I'm going to go take a picture, you know? So that's super interesting for there's quite a few different ways I can go about this because I've wrote a couple of notes whilst you're talking there. And I'm like, I've got quite a few different kind of like outreaching topics or ideas and thoughts to kind of think about and talk about. Um, not, you know, because we don't have enough questions that is, just have to add more. Um, but the first thing I'm going to say, there's something I actually want to send you. Um, and it's called, because that's I'm the king of sending things to people now. Um, it's called it's a an artist that I whose work I really adore. Actually, she's probably the reason that I became a photographer called Brooke Shaden. I don't know if you know her work. I'm assuming you might do. Brooke yeah. Shaden. Follow her on my uh portrait account and just um I think we've talked about yeah. her work before in the DMs. Like her work is incredible, man. Like have you have you ever seen her YouTube channel? 
No, actually, I haven't. I didn't. You have not. Okay, so she did this whole. I think it was like I might be wrong here, but I think it was like a year long series or like every week. She did like a white wall Wednesday. So every single Wednesday, she would create an image in front of a white wall. Um, and the whole idea was that, like, you know, just because you have nothing doesn't mean you can't create something. Um, so totally. I'll, I'll definitely send that to you. I've written down here to send to you. Yeah. I think it'd be cool. And actually, that's something I might share with everybody else because why not? Um, yeah. Because I yeah. think, I think, because as you, because, you know, when you're talking, I was kind of thinking, like, I've definitely personally felt like I've looked around myself and been like, there's nothing interesting to photograph here. And it kind of made me just think, like, it's not about what is around you to photograph, it's about what you can achieve exactly through, even just through editing or even just through like your imagination that's what's yeah. where it's going to get you the great images you, you don't have to have the most fancy camera and the biggest studio space and oh. the most you know photogenic um places to go and photograph you can have a white wall and create great work and i think that's yeah. just something that we should all bear in mind because i think a lot of the time it's very very easy to look at other people's work and be like damn i don't live in america for instance and my images are never going to be cool you know whereas it's like yeah but everywhere has its own kind of beauty and That's everywhere true. has its own individuality. And it's it's interesting for me because I was looking at an artist earlier called Stephen Fox um, and he's from the UK. And it's like, I really resonated with his work because he's from the UK. And I was like, That's so interesting because it, I look at a lot of American photographers, as you probably are aware. Um, right. And it's just interesting to think about how the different parts of the world give you very different things and different readings into the way things are there. Um, so maybe it's worth kind of being a bit more versatile in terms of like not worrying about. Oh, my images don't look so American or my images don't look so photogenic or they don't look so, you know, this or that because at the end of the day, like your tastes change along with you. And I think that's important to remember. So I definitely want to send that over to you. Um, yeah. I think a lot of it too with myself is like, I have a lot of self-love for myself, but there's still areas where I have some bad self-esteem and like, you know, a lot of that is my appearance and I've always been, if I do take pictures of myself, I try to like cover, you know, myself or be off in the distance. Like I'm not a big fan of like taking pictures of myself because I'm not fully like, um, I don't mean this in the literal sense, but I'm not as like attracted to myself. Like I'm not as yeah. attracted looking at a picture of myself as I am like a picture of like the sky or something that I take, you know? And so it's, the self-portrait journey, I'm still kind of like in the baby steps with that. And I, I have so much respect for self-portrait artists. Like it is such a, I, I actually have a friend named Jenna who I follow. She does self-portraits kind of like with that white wall kind of effect, like you said, but she's always like doing different poses and like moving her body in certain ways that like makes it really just different and interesting. And I just, it's so impressive to me. And I'm just like, man, like, and it's so simple, you know, it's, it's literally just setting your, your camera on a timer and then just being, you know, going in front of it and posing and being one with it. And like, I'm just taking a, you know, I'm just somebody that's still, I guess, working on that self-portrait journey. Cause um, it's a more vulnerable one for sure. I'm yeah. much being behind the camera than in front. And I've been, a, I've done, a, I've done modeling before too. Like I, I did, I was a model in New York city for a minute and, uh, that was a cool learning experience, but like, I didn't do it long enough to where like, I, I felt super comfortable in front of the camera. So I think I'm still kind of getting to a place where, um, I can feel comfortable in front of a camera that would open a whole nother, like realm of, of, of expression, at least in photography too. Cause yeah, you don't really need to have the fanciest location or the, the fancy outfit or, or, you know, anything just, you know, 
evoking the raw emotion of yourself and and what you're around in the moment is super nice and I like the idea like I'm much more drawn to photos that are like you know have people in them you know I think because you can like it it looks it, it feels more real you know like the world without people is just the world you know like people kind of make the world a little bit more unique in a way you know at least humans and stuff so I, I'm really getting more into like putting more subjects into my photography including myself so I have a very long list of self-portrait photographers to send you because you I'm a do some too man <laughs> I am a huge fan of self-portraiture I've obviously I don't know if you're aware I'm sure you're aware you've seen my work I've done self-portraiture oh, yeah. in the past but yeah in terms of self-portraiture I can definitely send you loads of cool suggestions I have loads of good good um people I really like whose work I really like. But also I think the thing with self-portraiture, I think it's very different for men and women. I think it's actually quite different in terms of like the way you're viewed and also the kind of imagery you can create. I find it tough for me as a man to like get creative because um, I don't have a very manly build, you know, like I'm not like super ripped. I have more of like a feminine looking body in a, in a way. So it, and uh but I can't like move my body the way that women can, you know, like, like, you know, women have those curves that like men just don't have. And so I'm kind of in this weird, like, I have this weird, like sexual or gender identity crisis. And I'm like, oh man, I don't know, like how to even present myself in front of a camera, you know? Um, so it's cool though. Um, I, you know, I think looking at other self-portrait artists that have maybe, you know, similar body types to myself, or even just no matter what the gender is, it still gives me a lot of ideas. I'm like, oh, well, that's that's a really simple pose that you can do and, and make something really pretty out of it, you know, and even throw in a couple props and make it a story. And, you know, me, oh, yeah. I like storytelling. So, so, yeah, there's definitely a lot to learn in that department. That's a, that is definitely a style of photography I want to embrace a little more of. I think it's going to help liberate me a little more and help me come out of my shell. Because, um, dude, I'm a freak, man. I like to dress up in drag. And like, I like to wear like crazy, like cyberpunk, you know, or like old world. Like I like to dress up. But that's so cool though. Yeah. I like to do all. But that's, so that's, that's that's interesting because that's like characterization. Yeah. Yeah. I like to embrace all the characters that I kind of am on the inside and I'm many, you know, I'm, I'm so many different characters. (laughs) So actually that kind of gives me a good kind of segue into a question to ask you about your art. It's like, so do you use art as a form of escapism or a form of exploration uh definitely um both i would say i love escaping into a photo shoot like if i'm especially like these past few years in the pandemic like i've been working a lot or just been really depressed because i didn't have a job for a while oh yeah Yeah. me up and be like hey do you want to go out into the woods and just like create some stuff for a couple hours like yeah let's go (laughs) so and then in moments where I am like on a on a more higher vibe with life I'm not you know having my internal battles and and struggling you know financially like I can just express the hell out of myself like yeah I made the choice today to go out and shoot because I have nothing else holding me back and I you never really do you know have anything holding you back but as I was saying to you earlier that mental game can really like well you hold yourself back yeah exactly you know yeah like exactly. I, I think you know that's actually a really good point in terms of like I feel like ninety percent of the things we do, you know, we could have done a lot sooner had we just kind of 
been a little bit easier on ourselves. Like, I don't know about you. I imagine you're probably quite like how I am. Like, I'm very hard on myself. I put a lot of pressure on myself to get things done um, all the time when there's just no need. Like, just take a bit of a, take a deep breath, kind of relax, realize, you know, life is going to happen no matter what you do or don't do. Just, you know, have fun and enjoy yourself and then, you know, go from there, you know. Definitely. I think there's a lot of external kind of pressures that, you know, whether it's like the way you want to be seen or the way that people kind of expect you to like the, the one thing I don't like about society I've said this to a lot of people privately is the expectation I don't like people expecting you to be a certain way or like right. I, you know or like you're at a certain age you should have to do you should be doing this a b and c and I think even when it comes to like photography it's like oh what you don't know about aperture or you don't know about Lightroom or you don't know about Photoshop it's like so if you're creating work that you're happy with people should be grateful that you're in the bigger world of creativity and they're part of the industry and i love teaching like i literally had um do you know ibti i do not know all right i'll send you her account she's a really cool 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 creator but she messaged me the other day because you know how when i post um like a post on my stories like i'm posting like advertising my new posts i'll like in shot and i'll make it look really she was like i can't for the life of me figure out how to do this and i and i like did a screen recording of me doing it and I showed That's it to awesome. her it's like so grateful and I was just like you know what it's super cool to teach people like some things that like you know I've learned just through you know my own experience and you know um, I've taught a lot of people how to do certain things on Lightroom which is super uh, amazing um, you know it, it's super cool to give back I love giving back I'm definitely like a um, a charitable person in that sense whether it's knowledge or you know supporting or or whatever like I'm really into that because I would definitely want like that in return you know you should think about potentially in the future like running either kind of workshops or have like Skillshare classes something like that something where you can teach and you've got like a platform to do that I've thought about that for sure um I've been studying Instagram analytics for well over five years now and although I don't have a huge, huge account or anything, um, a lot of the methods that I've used over the years have definitely helped me get to where I am now with it. And, you know, I'm not a huge creator by any means, but I, I definitely have like credible following and, and have regular people that, that come in and, and, you know, leave me feedback or support me. And, and I definitely feel like I, I have a bit of an influence nowadays on, on social media, even if, it's only 10 people. That's 10 people yeah. that could buy that, you know, I might want to sell them a print or a magazine or, some, yeah. or, or tell them to go check out the flying fruit bowl podcast. <laughs> <Good you know? laughs> That'd be cool. Um, yes, but like, sir. that's the thing. Like, I think we kind of, and that's actually a really, really good point. Cause we kind of forget that, you know, just cause we're not quote unquote influencers, just cause we don't have millions of followers and people aren't, you know, paying us to be online essentially. Doesn't mean you still don't have influence. Like anything you do, makes an impact you just don't know the levels of impact it makes on people like that's what i've discovered the conversations i've had even like us connecting you know it's impacted it has an impact you just don't realize how deep it could go potentially you know and i think that's kind of something to bear in mind like you don't have to have a million followers to make an impact i think that's super important that everyone should bear in mind small ripples are still ripples you know that's true that's very true ripples only go outwards so yeah that's true exactly So getting back into your work a bit more, because we definitely kind of veered off that course in the, in the best way possible. Of course. Um, is actually before we get to your work, should I say, question I want to ask you, which kind of goes back to how you were saying about kind of, it goes back to the idea of escapism and the idea of your personality. 
So there's a photographer. I'm, I don't know if you know him. It's called I'm Surrounded By. Um, yes. He is like one of the lowliest people ever. Like his, uh, is, is his name Ian? No, his name is Fer, Fernando. Fernando, that's right. Yeah, he's, he's like super lovely. Like honestly, anytime he sends me a voice message, I'm just like, thank you so much. Um, he's super lovely. Yeah, he, and, um, he comments on my stuff a lot. He's really supportive. He's he's just he's just absolutely great. His his English is oh, it's, it's just every time I hear a voice message from him, it makes my day. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so the photographer that I that I talked to on actually on an occasion, um, I'm surrounded by. We had a conversation a while ago. We were talking about the idea of being introverted and extroverted, and the idea of like a lot of the artists I talk to, and a lot of people, and a lot of people that I speak to are quite introverted, you know. And it kind of shows in their work, in their nature, and how they're willing to come across on social media. And I'm kind of just curious, like, would you consider yourself like an introvert or an extrovert, maybe in between? And kind of like, how does that affect the way in which you kind of create your work and also project yourself online? Yeah, I'm very much an in-betweener. Um, I would say when I was a little younger, I was kind of like the, I wouldn't say I was the life of the party person, but I was definitely the the guy that was like trying to get people to laugh or telling jokes or, or just like, you know, roasting, you know, uh, friends and stuff, just having a good time. Like I was like the good time kind of person. And, um, I was, I'm very social, you know, I mean, even, even to this day, I'm still a very social person, but I feel like as I'm, I'm integrating into more of an adult now that I am, uh, I'm becoming a little more like reserved, a little more introverted, and I think my art is starting to reflect a little more of that, at least like uh, the visuals that I throw up on um, on social, like it kind of appeals more to the introverts, you know, like the uh, the aesthetics and the the kind of like lo-fi vibes and the moody atmosphere. Like I would say like the vast majority of my following, I could tell are probably like mostly introverted people. So I also like... I would say my appearance and like the type of person I am kind of is more of an introverted crowd. Like I'm kind of like a, kind of like a hippie, like goth person, you know, <laughs> in a way. So like, you know, typically goths are, or typically gothic people are a little more like, you know, they're like the weird, in, you know, people that sit in the back of the class and, and do weird stuff, you know, don't say much, but like can have a lot to say nonetheless. Um, but then there's also like just me and I love talking. Like I talk all the time and like, I'll definitely take up the space of talking if I need to, or if, if you give me the opportunity to. So I, I would say I'm in this in-between space, but I do notice as I'm getting a little older, like I'm a little bit more protective of my energy and how much of it to give into situations yeah. and people. And so I think as I get a little bit, you know, more older, I'm becoming more of an introvert, which is kind of nice because it allows me to put that energy into myself instead. And, you know, I can feel kind of nourished off of that, you know. So a question for you, which I was going to ask you a lot later, but now is the best time to put into this, this uh, order of things. It's like, again, it comes back to another conversation I had with somebody else. I feel like all these interviews are I literally me just referencing every other interview and oh, doing my talk show. Dope. I feel just so bad. I feel like the last five have been literally moving like, oh, and I spoke to this person, I spoke to that person. No, I mean, but... you, you, ask, you ask incredible questions. <laughs> I appreciate that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> have great conversations with people. That's why. Um, cool. So I have a really cool artist friend. 
use the term friend loosely because he'll probably cringe hearing me say that. But his name is Ryan Dean Haas, and he's one of the coolest people I've met so far. And we were talking a long time, probably not long ago, but a while ago now, about the idea of like personality and art. And we were kind of banding around the idea or kind of like the question of like, which is more important? Is the skill of the artist more important or is the personality of the artist more important? Definitely the personality, because like me, like my personality, I have such a vast array of interests, which is kind of why my my Instagram has such a vast array of like pictures on there. Like I could have easily just settled with the dark, moody landscape vibe and just always created that. But I like sunsets and I like old creepy houses and I like, you know, going to aquariums and and art museums and, and taking cool pictures like I have so many different interests I like I like cars like I like taking pictures of cars that like appeal to me you know sometimes like some cool ones so I think the personality is way more important than the skill because I've met so many people that like I don't want to say they don't have the skill but they don't advertise themselves as being skillful you know they're just like an iphone photographer or something and they never have had a camera in their life but their personality and like what they're into they're able to build a whole brand off of it you know like especially people that like stay a little more focused in their in their in their field like unlike me because you know my personality like i said i have so many interests i'm all over the place but those people that can just take like you know self-portraits or a selfie of themselves in like a you know in like an outfit that's from a certain period and then they create a lot more images of that same aesthetic for a long period of time like they can grow an entire brand off of that and that's super cool and that's kind of their personality too um so yeah I think I think in person I think the personality is much more important than the skill I mean at some point you know skill does become very relevant especially if you're working with like you know specific people you know like if I got asked to go shoot you know like um like a celebrity or a musician or something today like I would definitely want to you know show up with the skill too you know as well but I always bring my personality to my photo shoots and I always try to incorporate you know kind of like my own vibe with that and and I have so many great ideas with that like just you know just my style alone uh and that naturally draws people to me um I had I'm wanting to get into infrared photography which is pretty cool so just kind of a cool. cool where you can like take pictures from a different color perspective you know it, it, it's just something to stand out like that's my personality like I'm I'm somebody that I want people to hire me because they want something a little bit different, a little bit edgier or unique, you know, because anybody can find a photographer in their area that can do like family portraits or headshots or something. But I try to take it to the next level by incorporating my creative, you know, abilities and like kind of my style into it, too. And I think the personality is really what makes the artist um, a lot more successful you know, and a lot more um, humble even, you know, because when you don't have to sacrifice who you are as a, as an artist to create what you want to create, your, your work comes out more authentic and then you appreciate it more because it's like you, you know, it's like a part of you and who you are. So do you think you actually do a good job uh, kind of putting your personality across online? Yeah, I, uh, especially over the years on Instagram, I, 
I've had so many relationships with Instagram and been so many different characters on the platform, but I've always, especially when I moved to Hawaii, I really wanted to put on this social media presence of being like authentic. And for a while, um, it was really easy to do that because life was great. I wasn't really struggling too much. I had just made it to paradise and I was just in a complete honeymoon phase with it. Uh, but then after some time, you know, you, you get into the struggles of like, you know, being able to afford yeah. it and, and, um, figuring out how you can upgrade your, your quality of life out there. And, and that comes with its own challenges. And I wasn't afraid to like make a post about, you know, being homeless for a minute and being like super depressed and being, you know, maybe a little bit suicidal or, or just really like not, you know, having like existential crisis, you know, I wasn't yeah. afraid to like kind of talk about that. So, you know, that kind of opened up a lot of that ability to kind of be off is just kind of imagery based and I kind of influence a lot of it off of like music I listen to or a show or, or, or entertainment that I'm watching I I don't put a lot of like my own thoughts into anything anymore I kind of just caption my pictures off of the vibe rather than like my own personal experience so I think I want to incorporate more of like my personal self into Instagram or social media or whatever again I know me as a consumer of social media like I very much appreciate the people that can like create a really good image and then also have like their own personal story to tell with it too like it, it entrances me it's that's interesting you know and I feel like if I do more of that too um I can I can do that and on top of that too Instagram for me is, is before anything else is like a it's like a digital diary. So yeah. I go through and look at my old pictures and read my old captions. It's like little snippets of my life, you know, my little book that I've written. And so it would be, I'm definitely trying to incorporate more of like my personal life into my feed and maybe even be a little more personal on the platform itself. Like I, I don't, I'm not really big on sharing my private life, but yeah. Maybe like on my stories, you know, incorporate more like uh, AMAs, you know, ask me anything and, and you know, make a hi make a highlight about that. So when people you come over, 100% should do that. Like, 100%. yeah, yeah. I've been I've been thinking about like more stuff like that and just like even utilizing stories more, having people see more of my day to day life rather than just like yeah. my pictures, you know? Yeah, because I think so, that's definitely something I feel like I say this. I feel like I say this all the time, like, you know, that I've been thinking about lately. I think about a lot of things every day. Um <laughs> But like the idea of a personality is so important and so many people actually want to see the artist behind the art. And I think it can be a bit scary because on one hand, if you're not comfortable putting your face on camera, like you have to really put yourself out there because then they're like, how are people going to relate to, how do you expect people to relate to your work if they don't know who you are? Exactly. Like, and, unless you're using that mystery as kind of like your selling point, you know, That's unless you're being the mysterious artist. I felt like I was doing a lot of that for a while now, but what I've come to realize and, and kind of, you know, coming back to that earlier question, like a lot of it's just been my self-esteem. Hmm. Like when I lived in Hawaii, like I loved myself, man. I loved the way I looked. I loved the way I felt like it was easy for me to put myself out there on the platform and just like be raw and uncut and just like kind of, you know, talk about myself um nowadays you know with a little bit of insecurities that i do have and kind of the social anxiety i've developed because of you know the pandemic and being cooped up a lot and 
and stuff. Um, it's been a little harder for me to get out of my shell, but I know like once I do, like it, it feels so good, you know, like it, it's so nourishing to like, like, Oh, I just put a bit of my soul out for my, you know, 6,000 followers to potentially see. And that's, that's really cool. You know, I don't, I don't think I've even met 6,000 people in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's your point. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's, it's definitely like a, it, it can be a humbling experience and it can help you kind of like, build a better relationship with yourself i feel like so a question i wanted to ask you from what we were just talking about is the idea of like you know you said that you're very interested in all these different kind of places the different ideas the different you know kind of uh, worlds i guess but like do you ever feel like maybe your work is too diverse like is there a common thread that runs through everything not really i feel like because i i have kind of settled on a style and so I can kind of I'm kind of curate all of my interests to kind of meet the style that I'm kind of going for, you know. And I think at this point, like I'm just this like I'm a '90s kid, man. You know, I was born in the '90s. I I, I got to experience life before technology took over, and then I got to experience life when technology did take over. And so I kind of can exist in both worlds. I'm also very into like um, ancient history, and mythology, and um uh really into the esoteric arts and like witchcraft and and wicca and stuff like that i have all kinds of cool like influences and lore um i love to play in video games so i have so many different video game inspirations and like movies i'm just a i watch a movie like every day i you know i try to anyway or you know some sort of show or something and i'm I'm not, I'm in no ways a film expert, but I, I'm very like, um, I, I, I know how to, I know like what a good film looks like to me, you know, like, like good, good movies and, and what makes a movie great, you know, even movies that win Oscars, like, I'm like, oh, I understand the like point of direction and why it was shot this way and why it deserves to have an Oscar, you know? So just stuff like that. Uh, music has been my number one though, I would say since I was you know a wee lad um yeah i can just listen to a song close my eyes give me a visual of it and then if i ever see that visual i'll definitely take a picture of it <laughs> you know so i have a lot of I, I, I mean i'm very interested in a lot of things but it's all kind of centered around art you know or entertainment so it's pretty easy for me to kind of branch it all together and make this ginormous you know creative tree out of it you know um so one thing i want to talk about because you just spoke about it a second ago saying about music being a big part of your life and if there's one thing that i've really discovered um just very recently just over my course of the fine fruit bowl is that there's such a huge correlation between music and art like there's so many artists i know that also make music um you know and their art is so vastly different like do you think there is some kind of correlation between the music music and art oh absolutely um I mean, music is my first language. It's my love language. It's my first love. Uh, I've been a drummer for pretty much my whole wow. life in the percussive arts, I should say. Play all kinds of drumming instruments. Started off on a drum set, um, drifted into some piano and synthesizers and, you know, all sorts of like uh, mallet instruments, like mallet, piano-like instruments, marimbas, xylophones, vibraphones, all those kinds of things. So I know how to read, you know, um, I know how to read the clefs, um, but I also know how to read percussive, you know, the percussion clef, which is a lot different because, you know, you're not, working, you're not working with notes, you're working with rhythms. So, 
so yeah uh been doing a lot of that and then of course as you know time went on and my music taste continued to evolve I got into electronic music which kind of opened up the doors for me to get into production and get um controller you know get controllers and mini keys and synthesizers and start making beats and and stuff like that um it's definitely an art that I haven't given a lot of attention to in a while because I just don't have the equipment or the time right now but it's something I would love to pick back up but yeah I think music is like for me, uh, when I edit a shot, the first thing I'm thinking about after I uh, complete the edit is what's the song that's going to go with this? You know, like what's the vibe? You know, sometimes my caption are even just song lyrics that like feel, feel, feel to me, you know, because that's how much music inspires me. But yeah, I'm always thinking about how, you know, because like, moving somebody visually is already so powerful, but imagine if you can move them audioly at the same time. And it's just like, they're in it, you know, it's like, they're already in it looking at it, but when you can like put, when you can curate, you know, really good audio into it as well, whether it be music or sound, just any sound in general, it, it adds a whole nother layer. Like the more senses you can stimulate, the more real it feels without it being real because it's you know on a smartphone or a tablet or whatever you know so it's but it's like the more senses you can appeal to the more like um the more immersed the experience is i feel like you know yeah it's about, to say, it's about creating an experience rather than just creating an image it's, yeah um, and actually this is so goes back to a conversation i had earlier with somebody else so i had a conversation ages ago um with jt fox i don't know if you know him and his work yeah jake um, is cool man i like jake he's, he's super lovely he's probably one of the, he's actually probably the reason that i talk to so many photographers actually um yeah, but then i also think thing. yeah i think that's i think actually he's probably the the root of every photographer i know um to be honest now i'm thinking about it i'm pretty sure he is but um <laughs> we were talking and i was saying to him like how cool would it be because it's kind of based off a book i read once and it was a really interesting idea like how cool would it be if you had? And I do, I'm pretty sure we might have mentioned, we might have spoke about this previously, like previously. But like, how cool would it be if you had like a huge building, and then in, you had like five photographers, and they each had a room, and in their room they actually set up their image. So like, rather than have, you know, your image on a wall, you'd actually have your image as if it was an actual 3D place. Like, so people would walk yeah. around in your image. Oh. Something like that would be really cool. It's not. I'm like, I'd love to do. Obviously, budget, finances, finding places that's big would be next to impossible but it would be something really interesting the idea of experiences as opposed to the idea of you know just presenting an image and actually talking about experiences like this is getting a bit ahead but that's cool but like do you ever well like have you ever considered exhibiting your work or is that something you'd like to do in the future absolutely um before i answer the question it's interesting you say that because um out here in dallas they're doing like uh, the van gogh exhibits and stuff like that basically you walk into a room and it's like all of van gogh like van gogh's works like projected on a 360 like room basically and so you can like go sit on the floor and take a picture and you can have like an entire panorama of the of his artwork you know project and they're doing it for some other artists and stuff too but i I thought that was really cool and that's kind of like what you're talking about but um so it's cool that they're you know it's cool that more artists or more like people in the art community are are centering everything around experience nowadays rather than just display because yeah. experience yeah. Or, you know 
And then, yeah, as far as exhibition goes, I would freaking love to exhibit my work. I feel like I need to, I feel like if I were to exhibit my work, it probably would be my portrait stuff. I don't feel like what I post on my personal page, like my, my, the work you're more familiar with, I, I don't feel like that's exhibit worthy. That's more just for like online and digital pleasure. I feel like maybe if I tweaked the editing a little bit more, maybe didn't saturate everything as much. I, I basically would want to re-edit a lot of my pictures for exhibit, you know, just, just slightly. I mean, it would still look the same, but it wouldn't be as like curated for like social media, for example. You know, and then I'd probably feel pretty good at it. But my portrait work, absolutely. I would love to see my portrait work exhibited. Um, I'm really proud of that. Um, I haven't posted any of it in a long time, but I'm sitting on a lot that I'm still editing right now. And it's just so like, um, just like, wow, for somebody that hasn't shot a lot of portraits, I, I feel like really proud of what I have accomplished so far with the, with the people I've created with, you know. So that's actually a really interesting consideration. The idea like, do you feel like you're creating work right now for it to only be seen online? Well, at the moment, since I don't really have any other outlets for it. Um, yeah, I would say there's a, a subconscious part of me that is doing it just, you know, for online. But I think once I, you know, hone in on getting my website built and even branching out into other, you know, social spaces, it'll be a little bit more about me and my art rather than me creating for, the platform but yeah right now since i only really use instagram it's it's kind of just my main place of showing you know at the moment <laughs> so yeah i mean it's not going to be like that much longer it's just been really tough for me to like kind of want to branch out and i mean i've even i have a couple of different instagram accounts and it's just so hard to manage like all of them so i just don't i just don't i just manage mine and that's it right now <laughs> so yeah. So I'm just going to typing up a sentence that says, is the screen the difference between art and photography? Because something you just said just made me think about that. And I just thought, actually, wait, are we all just really creating work for Instagram? We're not actually creating work to be out in real life. Is that why we don't see many photography exhibitions, but you see a lot of art exhibitions? Right. Um, so yeah, I, think just that, I think social media has really changed the way photography is presented in the modern age, because now, like you said earlier, like almost anybody can take a photo, you know, back in the day, photography exhibitions were usually like the Ansel Adams and the, you know, the Annie Leibovitz and, and stuff like that, you know, but nowadays, like you got people that can take quality photos on their phones. And yeah. I think the need for an exhibition has gone down a lot because people are like, why would I pay money and go to this exhibition? I can literally see all the work on my phone without having to leave my house. You know, I'm not saying that that's right. I would, I would love, I would support any artist that, you know, I'm interested in for sure. in that kind of way, but you know, just the mentality of most people these days and the average consumer, especially on social media. I mean, most people that are on social media these days are like, you know, the Gen Z, the younger generation that has time to be on it all day, you know? So, and they're not thinking about art exhibitions and stuff like that. They probably don't even know what the hell that is. <laughs> like, that's a really good point because, yeah, because it goes back to the idea of experience. Like an exhibition is an experience. 
social yeah. media is a display i like that so you said display and experience like that is so damn cool that's like i wrote that down experience first display like i'm gonna be gonna be using that in my future interviews and your name is gonna be credited yeah. there uh, there um, we go <laughs> no like and i mean that seriously your name will be credited there and that will be in a new interview a future interview at some point um especially with photographers i think it's important to make the distinguish the distinction between the two um actually i'm gonna send um i'm surrounded by i need to message him back that question later on <laughs> Right. Okay. So again, back into your work a little bit more. Um, so one of the kind of really interesting components of your work is your use of color. Like you use color so well, like so interestingly well. And I'm kind of like just curious, like um, how do you go about choosing the colors in your work? Living in Hawaii, you see every color imaginable, and it just got me obsessed with color. Um, I've always been really drawn to blues and greens, especially. That's why I moved to Hawaii in the first place. You know, you got the blue ocean and the the green jungle. So um, those two colors really draw me. I like reds a lot too. Red, especially like um, reds that kind of are creepy and like kind of horror. I, li- I like horror movies a lot and um, just like scary stuff, you know. Um, so I-, I like the use of of that color as well. I don't know. There's just something about it. Like when I look at pictures that are really faded and really like desaturated, like to it- it's still interesting to me. But I always am like if this just had a dat, if this was just warmed up a little more, or maybe like color graded with a little bit more of like a cooler effect or a warmer effect, I feel like it would be a lot more powerful of an image. And I know to each their own, everybody has their own unique perspective of, of editing and, and what makes an edit appropriate for their style and, and what they're trying to display. But I've just always really been into color. I see the world very colorfully and whimsically. Like um, everything's very Tim Burton looking to me. It's very like Burton-esque to say, um, you know, like the colors in Edward Scissorhands and and to, as an example to start the pastels and the, and the and just like the deep coloration to draw kind of like that effect. And there's also a lot of symbolism in color. And I believe in a lot of that symbolism too, you know, like, if I'm feeling blue, I'll post a blue photo for the day, you know, because it's kind of how I'm feeling. And, you know, I'll put a good song that goes with it, too. And it's just kind of I kind of edit based off of how I'm feeling in the moment, but also how I imagine I want the shot to look or how it looked to me in the experience. You know, I can't really explain it. It's like if I took my eyeballs off and put them on you and you could see certain like landscapes the way that I see it you'd be like oh that makes sense you know it's just kind of how I see the world and and how the world I guess reflects itself to me so so are there any colors that you don't like to use or colors you want to use more of so I think the the two colors um I'm still kind of trying to find a liking for is yellows and browns so yellows and browns are, two, are the two colors that I'm kind of like, I would like to get better at because there's still, you know, you can do so much with both of those, you know, um, in, a, in a moody way and in like an artistic way. And so, yeah, those are probably the, the main colors. And then I don't do a lot of black and white, but I love, I absolutely just love doing black and white. I just don't feel like there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of details that can get lost in black and white. And then a lot of the emotion that like I'll be feeling about the shot, but there are some instances where I just cannot get the colors down on a picture that I'm really, you know, been working on for a while. And I'm just saying, oh, fuck it. It's going to be a black and white, <laughs> you know, Fair enough. So, 
it's a black and white, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't want to mess with it anymore. It's a black and white. Yeah. So, um, that's the harder part with digital photography is if you can't get your colors to, to look the way you want it, you're kind of, eh, you know, whereas with film, like, I don't know if I would ever complain about bad colors in a film, in a film photo. Cause like film is just so, um, unique, you know, and it, it, you can't really be mad at it because it's the chemical processing of it all, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what's going to make that image of what it is, you know, yeah. it's called in that way. But like, going back to kind of color for a second, like it kind of makes me think about the thing with black and white is that it, even now I think it, it has the reputation of being amateurish. Like, you know, when you first start out, you shoot everything in black and white. And I think color is actually really hard to master. And I think the very fact that that's probably why so many people try to use color in very different ways and, you know, try different things. And, and, you know, if you're editing in a digital image, but editing it to make it look like film, you know, people are very kind of invested in learning how to color grade. Like I for sure certainly am because I think color is actually really hard to master. Like good, like good color, like William Eggleston, for instance, you know, kind of good kind of color. That's really exactly. going to make people kind of attracted to your work, you know, from the fact that it looks both natural and artificial at the same time. Right. I think that's actually quite hard to achieve. And I think, you know, that's probably why people aren't necessarily sometimes drawn to black and white as much as to color. Because as a photographer, you can look at an image and be like, damn, how did he get that? Or how did she get that particular color sky? Like you'd know that there was a process involved. It's not just a case of, right. oh, I clicked a button and it turned that color. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I think that's probably why potentially you might value like kind of in your own work, especially like, it gives you the space to kind of show your own mastery of the colors that you use. And then on top of that too, um, kind of like what you were saying, like color theory, like, yeah, I'd spent, I don't know how many hours, but I definitely put some time into learning color theory, learning which colors are on the opposite side of the, on the, on the color wheel. So, you know, that means that it would be more complementary to one another, you know, the teals with the blues, you know, blue and yellow looks really good together too. And like, you know, red and purple looks really good together. Red and blue can look good, you know, just like learning all of those little, you know, the basics, but also like knowing those basics can kind of determine like a photo looking somewhat natural still, you know, in a way, like, cause sometimes if you put, you know, colors that maybe aren't on in the color theory, like appropriate for color theory in a way, it, it, tends to not look as um as well done you know yeah it tends to look a little bit more like um digital or, or like a digital art rather than like a photo like a photo or something so which there's nothing wrong with that either but it's just like a matter of like since i put in the time and learned a little bit of color theory i might as well you know utilize it and be really into it and then on top of that like i was saying i i like um I like the symbolism that color represents, you know, like blue is kind of calming, yellow, green is like nature, red is like power or, you know, fear or love, you know, like just, you know, all the different emotions that kind of can be uh, expressed from color. So that's why I like to really play with color a lot, definitely. You just said about digital art. So that's an interesting question to ask you, actually. <laughs> do you think there is a difference between or do you think it's easy to determine the difference between digital art and, and like a piece of digital art or a heavily edited image? I think the hybrid um, kind of niche that's developing now where it's like 
half photo, half digital. I think it's really cool. It's not really my forte, um, yeah. but I enjoy looking at it. I don't know if I'd ever get to a place of creating like that, but I might. I mean, don't knock it till you try it, right? Um, I I'm more drawn to just digital art, like um, as a single art. Like I want to get into like you know doing digital art and making gifs and doing like anime kind of like um I like the uh kind of like the lo-fi looking art style that kind of exists you know where it's like an old box computer and it's kind of drawn up in like a cartoon way and and stuff like that I have a I sent you like um a lot of digital artists that I really like yeah cartoonish kind of 90s kind of like um uh, what's the word like animated like anime kind of and, and I watch a lot of anime too so that also kind of influences it <laughs> I'm not surprised by that yeah I don't watch a lot of anime but I'm really into anime I don't have time to watch as much as I should and I'm definitely not like deep I watch a lot of mainstream anime you know the studio the studio uh, Ghibli stuff you know the house moving castles the Dragon Ball Z's like really mainstream stuff but what I grew up on um but it still like plays a huge influence. And, and I watched a lot of cartoons as a kid and I still watch cartoons. So I love the idea of digital art, um, like, a, like just in its raw form, but this new hybrid kind of style where it's like um, half digital, half photography, I think it's really cool. Um, especially now that the space is opening up for like NFTs and everything's becoming a little bit more online. I think it offers a great, um, I think it offers great value to, you know, the consumer these days that want to see something a little different and you can do so much with it. So it's endless. Like I, I've seen some just absolutely incredible, you know, creations out of it, you know, and, and it's, it, it can be something as simple as like a shot of a tree, but then they'll add in different things and like neon ghosts or something in it that makes it look so much more interesting. And it's just like, wow, that's, that's really cool. You know? <laughs> so so I guess, actually, so I guess the thread that runs through your work is kind of nostalgia. But like more personal nostalgia. Yeah, a... definitely personal nostalgia. Um, I miss the 90s, the simplicity of being a kid in the 90s. I, I just miss being a kid, you know, like as you get older, you you take on more responsibilities and you're responsible for a lot more. And it's, you don't realize the weight of it until you are parents will tell you and, and your 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 you know elders in your life will tell you like once you get older things get harder but you you never you can't grasp that until you are older you know and, and now that I am I'm kind of like dang like so any any type of photo that can you know kind of take me back to that that era of simplicity um really appeals to me and I feel like a lot of um a lot of the people that follow me on social like kind of like that too kind of give them uh a bit of an escapism into a, a simpler time even, you know? And then of course, like some people are just like, I wasn't even alive during this period, you know, I wasn't even, yet, but this is cool. You know, this is like how I guess the world was before I was born, you know, and, and it's cool. It's kind of like time traveling in a way. <laughs> so would you describe your work as romantic? I mean, I have a deep romance to my work and I think there's definitely romantic aspects to it. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I romanticize life a lot and I romanticize everything in my life. You know, I'm very like philosophical and, and one with nature and one with, 
you know, the beauty and the chaos. And so I, I definitely um, put a, I like to put romantic flair into what I do, which is why I put a lot of time into thinking about a good caption, even if it's just a music quote, like I'll, I'll search for like 30 minutes to find like the right that really is like, yeah, this is what I, this is what this picture kind of is evoking, you know? <laughs> that's so awesome. But that's good though, because it's dedication and time. It means you're, you know, you're not just, okay, cool. I'll just take an image, cool. That's perfect. I'll upload it because people will like it. You're like, okay, cool. I'm actually putting time and effort into this. And this is, you yeah. know, this is a creation, you know, it's not just a, oh yeah, let's just, this is not like a five minute hobby. Oh yeah, I just do that. It's cool. This is like, you know, I'm, I'm actually putting, you know, dedication and time into this. Which, you know, obviously I very much value, but I think it's also like, it's hard to determine if that comes across though, I think. That concludes the first part of my conversation with Nico Evermore. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflyingfruitbowl at gmail.com or well, please get in touch via social media sites such as Instagram and Twitter. The Flying Free Ball podcast can now be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, Apple Music and YouTube. If you like the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing or subscribing on any of these platforms to help spread the word. Also, please check out theflyingfreeball.co.uk for daily art inspiration and written interviews. And if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. If you'd like to support the platform further, we now also have a Patreon page where tiers start from £1. For £1 a month, you can get rewards such as early access to interviews, behind the scenes footage, weekly created YouTube videos, and the chance to ask interview questions on our next podcast. If the donations are not your thing, we also have a PayPal. The link to that should be in the show notes. Once again, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Flying Fruit Board today. And until next time, folks, please stay safe.